everybody, and welcome to Can Peaches, a Deadwood podcast. I'm the host, Mike Marbach, and today, joined by Katie Swerko. Hello. Hey. Rob Alessiani. Hey. Howdy. And back, Sheila Master. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to be discussing episode seven as we very slowly make our way through this first season of Deadwood. Episode seven, titled uh, Bullock returns to camp before we get into that always like to encourage people that if you like the uh like the podcast you like what we do here go to itunes and rate and review the podcast uh we only have a handful right now uh and i just wanted to read a couple of them very quickly from megan last name withheld going back to august 2019 great as a new viewer of deadwood i appreciate that they try to avoid spoilers I also enjoy the length of the episodes. Too many podcasts are too short. Keep them coming, guys. Great. All right. We're going longer for Megan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're off to a good start. And we have, uh, most recently, uh, from April of this year, uh, from someone that I recognize as a reviewer on one of our other podcasts, uh, Eavesdropping, uh, says, hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> Great podcasts and very funny hosts. When I see they did a new episode, I rewatch before listening. Adds to the enjoyment of one of my all-time favorite shows. At this pace, they may never finish the series, though. Get the let out, guys. <laughs> how, first off, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. No, that's totally fair. Oh, but we're doing everything we, we can. <laughs> we it have is, so much to do right now. It is very fair. You think we have time to watch television? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure all I have to do. <laughs> all right. I should say that That's we like are possible. once again coming to you live. Uh, well, we're live uh, via Zoom because we are still in the uh, in the the plague times mm-hmm. um, where we fucking uh, plague. Although, fucking as plague. yeah, fucking plague. Uh, as Rob was pointing out, pre-podcast, um, the sun's out, so people are out. And yeah. the plague has ended, apparently. Yeah, apparently <laughs> the the healing power of sunlight has given all Philadelphians and Chicagoans, Sheila, uh, the, the 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 sweet healing powers they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't catch anything when nope. the sun's shining on you. Ah, can't do it. Uh, it's a vitamin D. It acts as a uh, suppressant on mm-hmm. the corona. And please, no one take this as medical advice. (laughs) It is. We are not doctors. (laughs) This is not a medical podcast. Yeah, I would trust Doc Cochran over anything that Donald Trump says about this disease. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. I'd trust Swearingen. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Speaking of Doc Cochran and Swearingen, talking about episode seven, Bullock Returns to Camp. Uh, Katie, what? are your first impressions of this episode? Um, this episode moved a lot faster than the last two did. Yeah. Cause the last two were good, but I kept hitting like my remote, seeing how much longer there was in the episode. Cause it was just like a lot of peace set- setting. And now it feels like, okay, things are getting interested. Interesting. Things are getting weird. Um, I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it had some really great chunkings of characters and plot movement. Sure. Rob. 
Uh, I can't get enough of Smitten Dan. Oh, God. It's my favorite version of Dan. Just uh, of, Smitten Dan. I got to say, I can get enough. I've had enough <laughs> <laughs> of this particular case of the Smittens. He was like, he was a, he was a sentence away from being like, I'll pick you some posies. <laughs> uh, yeah, we will discuss how creepy Dan is when he has been smit bit. <laughs> Sheila. Oh, boy. Okay. So I'm glad someone in their review talked about how we stay away from spoilers because this episode is very, very hard for me. When I was re-watching it yesterday, I just kept thinking that it was combined with the next episode. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be, like, so stunted in everything I say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you like the episode? Yeah, I always liked Deadwood. But I'm just... I'll be back next week to talk about it on <laughs> today. Uh, How optimistic of you. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, <laughs> we're yeah, we're rather, I'll be back next month when we talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode. As Katie pointed out, it is moving a lot faster. Not just story-wise, but even the editing. Uh, the yeah. editing episode, just scenes are a lot shorter. We are just doing quick cutaways to different things. Um <sighs> Whereas previous episodes would have an entire scene take place, they are now having an entire scene kind of cut up into two or three smaller segments um, as they revisit other things that are kind of going on. Which, for this podcast, means that we are more or less going to have to go through in chronological order, because otherwise Mm -hmm. it's just way too ridiculous. Way too bouncy. Uh, yeah, way too bouncy. All right. Uh, so we open up with uh, Seth and Charlie on the hunt for um, the coward Jack McCall. And they happen upon a, uh, I don't know, what do you call this place? Shack? It was like a, like a, a little, little bar? A little outpost somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So they happen upon this outpost somewhere. Uh, and they're pretending to be interested in the horse. They spot Jack's horse. And uh, they're pretending to be interested in it. and uh, So convincingly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, you see it? Yeah, I see it. Uh, I have a horse like this. You know where the uh, owner might be? I like and, the guy who's like, well, I don't know if it's for sale, but if you want to murder him, he's in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so you see very quickly that everybody hates Jack wherever he goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He can make no friends, but goddamn, can he make a quick enemy. Um, yeah, because this guy says, uh, uh, being a, what, what does he say? Oh, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to sell, but if you want to talk to the fucking jerk, he's inside. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So they go inside, and this is one of my favorite moments because he's in there, passed out on the at the table, mm-hmm. and they um, just start talking to him, Charlie and uh, uh, Seth. Yeah. Um, and he says, one of the, one of the lines he says is like being a loud mouth cunt. And he says that, and they cut to this one, uh, old man who just runs at that. He's like, being a loud mouth cunt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh, geez. tightens up his suspenders and runs on out. <laughs> um, and it's a great, uh, 
line that he has, uh, Seth. And of course, I'm going to argue, well delivered, well acted, mm-hmm. uh, where he says something along the lines of, um, I'm sure during the time that this piece of shit scumbag has been up here, he's been running his mouth about killing Wild Bill Hickok. Mm-hmm. But we're Wild Bill's friends. And then and everybody clears Everyone amscrays. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody just runs the hell out of there. It's a real cartoon moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, There's like a prospector-shaped hole in the wall. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, somebody's eyebrows are left behind, and then they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and then they kind of sidle on up behind him, pistol whip him, and kind of drag him. Well, yeah, first they first they say his name, and, he, and he's like, oh, my hair, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Said, well, I don't want to play no more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. He's really bad at being, like, a- alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he really is. He doesn't act like he wants to be alive. No. He does everything he can to get his ass killed. Yeah. Um, and somehow keeps not getting killed. Yeah. It's uh, much to uh, Jane's dismay, as we'll uh, talk about a little later. Uh, but they throw him onto the horse, and I love this the one guy's line where he says, uh, well, I guess you want to soften him up some before you make your offer uh, mm-hmm. about buying the horse, which was just fun. <laughs> and him and Charlie have a quick discussion about what they want to do with him. And the choices are basically take him to Deadwood, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or take him to Yankton. Um, what was the, the argument for against Deadwood? Wasn't it, he was I already was acquitted? Argument, I thought that Bullock was basically like, "I'm. This is what I'm doing." If oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, "He's like, <laughs> I'm fit. I'm fit to take him to the to to the authorities, and if you don't like it, you can ride ahead." Yeah. Like you know, you don't got to worry about being with me. So is this just kind of the? I, I haven't. I don't remember much past this at this point in the show. Uh, is this kind of just their way of like, well, let's just wrap up this loose end plot line so we can get back to Deadwood stuff or, or at least for now, if things come up later. Yeah. It feels that way. Uh, as a, the closing of a loop. Yeah. yeah. Because was, sorry, I thought that the scene also like the, the whole interaction really showed how great Charlie utter is as a number two. Mm-hmm. Cause like, with talking to the guys that they came across, like he just kept kind of like filling in blanks and like trying to like massage what Bullock was saying. And (laughs) like, then just, you know, when Seth made his mind up, like, this is what I'm doing. He's just like, yep. Sounds good. It's like, he's the, he's the right guy to have with you. He's like smart Mm -hmm. enough. um, But also is not like, doesn't have a desire to like be the number one in power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this this scene also shows how like morally like it, like with the law Seth Bullock is because like I don't think it was a conversation it was like I could shoot him in the skull and give him the courtesy that he gave Wild Bill or we could let the law decide and we're going to let the law decide here cuz that's yeah. what's right. It might not be satisfying, but that's what's right. Mm. Yeah. It, it it does like show, like because he came from being what was he a sheriff? 
Do I forget? Yeah. Uh, a Marshall? Was that where how he started? Utter? No. Oh, uh, Seth. Well, oh, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just showing, like, how how ingrained that is. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I guess we'll take the fucking cocksucker to Yankton, is uh, <laughs> what Charlie goes on to say. Uh, then we go to the gem and uh, got these two kids. Uh, how old would you put these two at? Um, I would say 15 and 17. That sounds right. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. Yeah. Late, mid to late teens. Yeah. Uh, Flora and Miles. Uh, Flora, mm-hmm. of course, played by Kristen Bell. Yes. Yeah. In an she early role, Mars. right? Uh, yeah, this is uh, pre Veronica Mars. Um, 2000, what would this would be? 2003? 2002? Yeah. So this would be like, this would be before it would have been distracting to see her in this role if you watch this when it originally aired. Uh, say that one more time. So so I'm, I'm having trouble watching Kristen Bell and not thinking, oh, look, it's Kristen Bell in Deadwood. You know, like all the other, char- all the other actors are like, oh, they are their characters, but she just feels, just knowing her, like her career now, like she's the voice of a Disney princess and it's weird uh, seeing yeah. a Disney princess like being a sex worker in Deadwood. <laughs> yeah. I was waiting yeah. for Dak Shepard to show up with yeah, his right? podcast. Yeah. Oh, He's, my God. Where they, they travel in pairs, those two. Big fan. Um, big, fan this, big fan of them both. This would also be closer to 2006 or seven. Okay. Uh, the timing of this, uh, this season. Well, this um, season came out in 04, right? Uh, yeah, first episode, 04. Okay, so yeah, 2004. Yeah, so I don't think... I think, like, when it aired, it was a non-issue. Like, you weren't yeah. about it, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. This might just be a personal struggle we rather didn't than, even, like, a, a, a communal ex- experience. We didn't so even know Sarah Marshall yet, much less <laughs> able to forget her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been watching The Good Wife, and uh, David Lee from The Good Wife is in this show oh, and yes. in this episode. So it's definitely hard seeing Andy and not thinking about yeah. just his character. He, as He's also in Devs, which is another show I'm watching right now. Devs on FX. So it's just uh, a David Lee quarantine for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the young hot lawyer from... Good wife is also in Gilmore Girls. Yeah, he's Logan in Gilmore. Oh, Girls. Logan! Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm just that I'm starting to make these weird quarantine viewing connections, and everyone seems to be in everyone else's show. Uh, yeah, Kristen Bell is a quarantine um, constant for me because oh, I went through quarantine, I went th- queen? quarantine queen. Uh, because I went through all of Veronica Mars seasons one, two, three, the movie, the fourth season on on Hulu. Uh, and then I went through seasons one, two, and three of The Good Place. Uh, so, and now she's popping up on Deadwood. I uh, love it. So, yeah, she's uh, she's been around. All right. Uh, so these two have arrived at the gem in Deadwood looking for their father. Showing a picture around. Have you seen him? Um, and Dan, very quickly, oh. takes a liking to her. It's so grossed out. I I love Dan as a character so much. And his 
fucking fingers creeping on her mm-hmm. fingers. Yeah. Looking at the photograph, I was like, oh God, mm. why? I want to keep liking you. Like, I'm surprised, like, at that point, he didn't just put her whole, like, fist in his mouth. Like, <laughs> like your, f- your fist looks powerful cold, ma'am. May I, may I, may I stow it in my maw? <laughs> Oh, creepy Dan. And yeah, and it's like it's almost like a light switch being switched on. Like there's no like, oh, I think I think I'm attracted to this person. He's like, I'm attracted to this person, I need to touch her. And I yeah. need to like Yeah. Yeah. And the worst part is, like, I know that there's not a lot of women in the camp, but the women that are there, like, you don't see Dan being creepy with any yeah. of the like women that work at the saloon. So that really bothers yeah. me because yeah. Like, yeah. He, he didn't, he, something was awoken. Yeah. And it, and it might just be a thing where he, he sees, unfortunately he sees the sex workers as like employees. Yeah. Like they're providing a service like, and where Kristen Bell saunders in, he's like, who's this delicate flower that I must protect. And also like basically finger right now. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he very gives me the willies. Uh, very immediately uh, takes a liking slash declares ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he claims her yeah. without her knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she learns that very quickly. Uh, yeah. So he's getting creepy. Um, and this one extra pipes up uh, and says, "Hey, hate to break it to you, your dad's probably not around here." Uh, so I don't know. Uh, and Dan is like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. You want to drink, you drink at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. <laughs> um, cause he just trying to do anything he can now to keep her there. Um, right. so any talk of, uh, dad not being around here might send, scare her off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Al, uh, says that she can work at the gym. Uh, she's like, nah, that's cool. Um, all right. What about you? She gives the, uh, gives the, gives Miles a job. Um, can you push a broom and can start today, sir? Oh, Miles. Um, and he's supposed to be the older brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. The older, dumber brother. Um, I mean, I know that, well, we'll talk about it in a second. Try not to even spoil within the episode. Uh, we teach a, um, special sweeping technique around here and they cut to jewel uh who is on the, on the stairs yeah I, I want more jewel um and we we get some we'll, we'll, we'll not within this episode but we'll we'll get some more yeah um Definitely. yeah um so as you're watching this what are you thinking about these kids i didn't trust them i don't i don't trust the story yeah i just she, they just stick out in a way that, like, I, yeah, you just don't know what it is because it doesn't. The story of like their dad dying, their dad, they, they're trying to find their dad, and that their mom has died. Like, that is a very easy story to tell because it's a story for a lot of people crossing through the Midwest towards Oregon. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, I don't know. I think they're, I think they're running a grift, some kind of grift. Yeah. Well, and also like the, where that camp is supposed to be is like so rough. You're not having just like two sweet kids just showing up like, Mm -hmm. nah, 
Yeah, we've already got like we've already got the little like uh, Danish girl. Sweet, like I think that's Swedish, enough. Like, the Swedish, <laughs> the little Swedish girl. Like I think that's enough sweetness for the town. And she's yeah. just locked in her room. Yeah. All right. So we go to the pest tent where the preacher and Jane are saying to the ill, um, and we learn that Brom, the dude from New York, uh, Garrett, is getting his. Uh, funeral he's finally getting laid to rest he's been laying in the lake for god knows how long at this point um and jane says something along the lines of uh if i had any money to bet a month ago i would have said this son of a bitch would be buried in new york um but he's not he's getting buried in deadwood uh, which further cements ama's desire to stay there Uh uh-huh um, and we who see made it. that call? Which call? she? The where he was buried? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm assuming she would have. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, because he's just been on ice for a little while. Because um, they were married, married, not just engaged, right? They were married. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She could have shipped him home. Yeah, yeah, because there's the whole conversation about how the night before their wedding, um, her dad said, "I'll never be able to." pay you back, but I'll be able to pay everybody else back. And that wouldn't have been able to happen if they weren't married. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we see Andy, uh, the aforementioned Andy is there. He's back <coughs> and he is healing up. His back seems to be uh, getting better. Oh, my back's healing. My back is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm back in business. <laughs> what was it that I know later in the episode, but Jane called him the frog-like fellow. <laughs> <laughs> the frog-like fellow. <laughs> yeah. uh, so he's here healing up and we get a line from him hereafter in calamity. I'll be sure to call for Jane, uh, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a nod to, of course, her uh, nickname, calamity mm-hmm. Jane. Um, and that's really for the most part, I think all we get within this series, right? In terms of that nicknaming, right? Yeah, I don't think that they, like, go into it. it, it just, that was just kind of like the this, this signal to be like, yeah, this is who <laughs> yeah. supposed to be. This is a historic call. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, seven episodes in. They just want to make sure people get it. Uh, I, like, I like when she said, I like when Jane says, uh, I'll have to I, I'm going to be following up with you because I really I, I want to follow you around to find out what's weighing so heavily on your conscience because mm-hmm. all you did was apologize, and, which is just a really funny thing from her to be like, yeah, I need to make sure you're checking in on you because like you've got a lot on your soul, friend. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's so gentle for her. Yeah, and I really want her to follow through with that mm-hmm. and yeah. just be like in a corner of a room just – you know, with a notepad, a notepad yeah. in a, in a, oh, in a moving he's a gambler, a moving bush, <laughs> kind of. a, a cardboard box with two <laughs> holes as she uh, scurries along. Yeah. Um, she's behind a tombstone with two eyes. <laughs> yeah. She really calls them out. It's great. <laughs> yeah. She's um, the best character in the show. Oh, I love great. Hands down. Yeah. Uh, and she, uh, that scene ends with a, another fun line where she's watching over this one ill uh, townsperson. And she says, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to lay this cloth, this cloth to your fucking lips. (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing in the uh, profanity where and when it can fit. 
Um, she said she's got such a weird bedside manner because she's like very gentle, but also very yeah. like force aggressive. Mm-hmm. When I heals them, they stay heals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a a mother cat grooming its uh, yeah. its its baby cats, its kids. Yeah, it's it's twenty eighth kid. <laughs> yeah, where it just it it has no time for 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 niceties anymore. Super rough. Yeah. All right. So we got uh, we got some ama. Uh, Trixie is looking at Saul, uh, talking, oh. yeah, and they're talking to, they're having a little, uh, discussion about him and how he, uh, treats Trixie and not much, too much there, but Ama is basically saying like, okay, well, I see it. Mm-hmm. I see it happening. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we ship this, we ship these guys hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Ama apologizes for making light of the peril that she's put Trixie, uh, put Trixie in by, um, Trixie doing what she's doing, which is allowing her to get well, allowing her to get sober and clean. Yeah, I, there's a shift that happened with how I feel about Ama now. Cause like she doesn't care about Trixie in the, like for the amount of risk that Trixie has put herself like the amount of danger Trixie's put herself in for for this woman, she's just like, mm-hmm. "Oh, whoops! Sorry, I made a joke about you almost being murdered by a man. Whoops! Yeah. I'm gonna put on a necklace." Like, mm-hmm. yeah, she's just so privileged, and it sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. I mean, she shows how like truly selfish and narcissistic she is. Yeah, yeah I mean, she in in a big way her desire to just kind of like dig in and stay in Deadwood is like, it's either for pride or want for wealth or need for revenge, but none of it has anything to do with like her own well-being, the well-being of the kid, Trixie's well-being. She's just, Oh, she doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. She's not great. Yeah. 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 Cause now, cause at the beginning it felt like I'm staying in Deadwood for justice. Like I'm getting justice for what happened to my husband and what's happening to our investment. But now it's just like, okay, okay. What's this? It feels like it's not that anymore. And I don't know if I like what's happening. Yeah. It's interesting, Mm -hmm. but I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then Saul calls on Trixie. I, just love it. <laughs> They're so cute. What is it? What do you what do you love about this, Sheila? Well, for one, I just feel like Trixie's a woman who she's she's smart and she's got a she's just like a very capable woman who's obviously had a like she's obviously resilient to have made it through her life and like get to the other side. Like she's beat her own drug addiction. She can help others. And then like, I feel like Saul's probably the first man that's ever seen her. And yeah, like he doesn't hold judgment. He's not like into her despite the fact that she's a prostitute. Like he just sees her and wants to know her more and wants to be around her. And that is just, 
Oh, it's so nice. And it's not that, like, motherhood is a uh, barometer for, like, personhood, uh, especially if you're a woman. Um, But she clearly has, like, like, um, she's caring. She's very caring. And he sees that. He, He has that line that's really sweet, which is, like, you know, like, looks like she could be yours the way, uh, and, and she takes mm-hmm. that very kindly, her eyes kind of, uh, like, glisten a little bit, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it's just, it seems like two people who, in this, like, untenable situation, have found something potentially nice, and, you know, yeah. and it's nice to, it's okay. nice to see. Yeah. Uh, and then idiots got to come in and ruin it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Old tattered coat. Uh, Al uh, is the next person we see, and ever the is- astute observer. Like, nothing seemingly gets by him at all, because the first line he has in the very next scene is, that widow ain't fucking doped up. <laughs> like, everything. Oh, no, no, is that, that widow ain't fucking high. Um, yeah. And he says, and Eby's there, uh, and he's basically saying, she's lying, you're lying, your sons of bitches are fucking me over once again. Uh, and then Eb is like, uh, well, maybe I'm doing it on purpose because you're asking me to do all this shit without giving me full knowledge of what, you, uh, what you're plotting, what you, what you know, um, what's going on. And he kind of lets on a little bit that, he thinks that he's having him do all of this because they found something at that claim. Yeah. And, and uh, he wants a piece of it. And, yeah. Al, and Al kind of just is like, all right, fine. What the fuck? You want a percentage? I'll give you a fuck a percentage. 2% and, you know, some amount there. there yeah, at. it's like 1% one, 1 now and 2% later. Like yeah. 1% of 1 million and then 2%. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I, I, in this scene, I really like the line of, like, you use me as a pawn, and he said, yes, you're a pawn, and you fucked up the game. Yeah. Like, that's such a good... This this whole episode is, like, so... is chock full of great lines. It is so dense. They, like, there's one scene later on that we'll talk about, but, every, like, nothing in this particular episode is wasted. Every cut uh, to a person... Mm-hmm. adds to what's going on. Um, and I think it's the funeral scene that I'm uh, I'm thinking about, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he thinks he found something out there, 2% of the first million and some percentage thereafter. Uh, we go to the Bella Union, uh, where Flora is over there now, showing off this photo, um, talking about her dad. And Cy is like, I don't know. Eddie's like, I've never yeah. seen him. Um, and Sai is asking what she does. Oh, I cook, I clean, I sew. Uh, and then he kind of just hands her off to Joni. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was just like, oh, are you also a fast learner? Because you're mm-hmm. not doing any of those things. <laughs> yeah. We don't have food here. Yeah. Uh, this is another episode that really quickly turns up the evil on Sai. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every every look he gives ugh, is just evil. It's loaded. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, too bad he, as an actor, after this series, uh, has had passed on because he was so good. 
Oh, that sucks. Powers boost. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, all right. So we go to the funeral. Um, we got the preacher overseeing things. <clears throat> Trixie and uh, the Swedish girl uh, is, they're kind of off on their own and she's playing with flowers and kind of laying down one uh, and says, Ingrid, but then another Marta, Mama and Papa. Uh, so she's, she's spe- not only speaking, but she's, you know, saying names um, of her family members that were uh, eaten by the wolves and killed by uh, the road agents. Um, and no one is really trying with this song. Oh, I'm, I was going to say, I'm really glad that Deadwood has an acapella group. <laughs> I, I know that it's a funeral, but no one is even trying. It was really nice. No. Yeah. <laughs> they all sing the way that I used to sing when I was like forced to go to church, just like, uh, yeah, but in those cases, you're usually covered by other people that are trying. In this yes. particular, yeah. no one is giving a shit. Yeah, no oh one. My God. Not a single person. So funny. It was. It's painful. It was a painful <laughs> listen. Yeah, they were like the uh, choir before Whoopi Goldberg takes over. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I was. Correct. I went from this morning listening to like WWOZ. Uh, this station out of New Orleans that has a really great app and uh, plug, you should support them. They're an amazing nonprofit station, but they do gospel music every Sunday morning. I listen to it a lot because it's just it's nice. nice. And, uh, and from going from that to then immediately listening to this, I'm like, Oh <laughs> boy. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like gorgeous harmonies and like, and this was just, oh uh, yeah. It's, Wowzer Bowser's not great. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, uh, the, the adult version of watching children do a pageant. Yeah. We're like, no one wants to do it, but like, we're all here. Yeah. So the widow Garrett is finally laying the dude, uh, to his eternal rest. Uh, and people are struggling through this song. And now is the point. This is the time that EB chooses to come and offer to buy the claim yet again, this time raising the offer to, I think it was like 19,500 when he had the ability to just offer the full 20,000. He can't help himself. He can't help himself, but be a fucking weasel. He he likes, he catches a glimpse of Bullock and is like, Oh, decorum be damned. I am going (laughs) to, he, EB just doesn't know how to, be a person. Yeah, he's... <laughs> he has no, like, impulse control yeah. in like, regard to that, where he's like, I, uh, it doesn't matter that she's burying her husband. Uh, I'm going to go talk about, like, yeah, m- the bills she needs to pay. It's, like, it's, He's like a sentient beetle. <laughs> like, he's just like a beetle that put on an old dirty coat and yeah. learned to be a man <laughs> and open a shitty motel. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he gets turned away in the most polite, funny fashion with, uh, Alma saying, please stop speaking to me, Mr. Farnham. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he had nothing for that. He was like, well, all right. Okay. Uh, scary's off. So we see Seth and Charlie are back there. Um, and Charlie comments that he will 
see Bill another time because uh, they they're going through the their little um, burial hill, um, and yeah, there's just so much going on in this one scene. Uh, yeah, it's so so dense uh, between them. Uh, Charlie saying something. You see the preacher kind of forget words, uh, so he's not quite all there. Uh, we check in on Ama. She's dealing with Farnham. Uh, Seth and uh, Seth is there, just kind of like feeling out of sorts, trying to handle things and deal with her. It's a very dense scene and a very dense episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it was done really well. Where it, was, it, yeah. it felt like 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 this, where it's like it, you're getting exactly what you need to know from mm-hmm. this sentence, from this look, from this like scene picture. Yep. Like the Reverend doesn't really say anything, but he, him touching his head and like his eyes kind of go a little glass. You're like, oh, okay, he's not doing great, you know? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We go to the gym. Uh, Dan is asking Al about Flora. I uh, hope you didn't give up on her. Uh, and Al is, uh, oh, oh, do you worry for the fucking girl, Dan? You worried about her tiny little self getting swallowed up in all the fucking horse shit in the thoroughfare? Um, <laughs> I am. I am worried about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and he calls Miles over and does a play-by-play of the aftermath of the, uh, as they call it, the titty liquor. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so he says, you know, watch this guy leave. Uh, yeah, he dabs his mouth and he heads on out. Uh, and then in any, any moment, three big titty <laughs> noise are going to emerge from behind that screen. Um, and then he just says that this guy comes in and he, uh, lines them up, runs his tongue across each, each titty. (laughs) And if he misses one, he will not turn back. (laughs) He's got standards. Yeah. And he misses, he misses one. He will not turn back. And then he heads on out and he talks about specialty acts, uh, and specialty, uh, customers and how, they they pay a premium. They never cause trouble, and uh, says that something like he would move to England. He he, he sometimes thinks about moving to England and open up an, a specialty uh, shop uh, for things like that, and maybe treating him, letting everybody feel at home uh, by acting himself a specialty and hanging in the corner like a fucking bat. It's like <laughs> okay, what a weird. I'm just trying to think from like a screenwriter's perspective, like what does this, this just seemed like not indulgent, but like, Hey, I'm just going to put a weird story about what it's not going to have anything to do with the storyline. It's just going to like, let you know that there are, there's this element too. Yeah. Well, I think think it's just to make sure that people know that fetishes go back. Yeah. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, As far as in the story goes, I feel like it also is just to bring the kid in, um, humanize themselves, Mm -hmm. um, bring him in on a joke uh, about people, also teaching him about the business a little bit. So earning some trust, showing some trust. Mm -hmm. And uh, because the very next line is, uh, so what do you think? You want your sister to come work here? And the kid's like, oh, uh, why? And, uh, just, uh, yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have to have sex. How dare you even think I would have mentioned that? Have someone yeah. lick her tits. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, so there are, there are things that can be done. Uh, EB comes back and lets Al know that Seth is back in town. 
the boys are back in town and she oh, will, nah, nah, nah. uh, Seth is back and she will, um, she's probably going to want to seek his counsel. Um, and, uh, says, should I do this or that or the other thing? And he's like, well, I trust that you know that 2% of fucking nothing is fucking nothing. Um, okay. Well, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll keep on it. Um, <laughs> what a fucking weasel. Yeah. Oh, God. <clears throat> Damp hands. But like, <laughs> but like, gets, gets Al to acquiesce to his demands, quote unquote. You know, yeah. he, Al gave him 2% of the, which is like, this is in the <clears throat> late 1800s. This is a lot of That's money. A lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 2% uh, of a million. Katie, you, I think it was just you uh, said about the damp hands. Like, uh, Al, if you want to feel a damp hand, you have you have your choice of these two. Which is like fucking gross, dude. Yeah, like, get why? out of here. Damn. Why is that yeah, a positive? And he, just, like, he just like really got in there like flat palms it. And like, Bleh. I think that's like, that's what he, he knows he makes people uncomfortable. And he just, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. he doesn't eat food. He just lives off of other people being weirded out by him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, have you ever seen what we do, the show, mm-hmm. what we do in the shadows? I was just thinking oh, about this. The, the vampire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The emotional mm-hmm. vampire. Instead of just like boring people, like mm-hmm. sucking their he energy by being boring, he just out. grosses people out. And he's yeah. just like, I'm thriving. He's uh, a skeeve vampire. Played, <laughs> played brilliantly by one of like the Emmys need a category that isn't guest star, that isn't supporting, that isn't, you know, main actor. Somewhere w- that these bit characters live. Yeah, character. Would, yeah. They, they um, should do it. The Emmy should have a thing called, like, shit we missed. And it's just like, we're giving people <laughs> Emmys from, like, 10, 15 years ago that we really should have known, but we just rewatched it. Um, I was going to say, played brilliantly on What We Do in the Shadows by Mark uh, Proch, or Prosh. Um, so good, because he was also on... Uh, another show we cover, Better Call Saul, he played uh, Price. His name wasn't even Price. He was like, he just chose that name because he thought it was cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was the guy that, like, got him, to, like, hired the cartel, right? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, he, yeah, he hired people for, and he was, like, trading in pills and shit like that. Oh, yeah, and he went and got, like, a, like the most tricked-out Hummer, and they're like, asshole, what are <laughs> <Yeah>. you doing? <laughs> yeah. Like, you're supposed to keep a low profile. He's like, well, it's just... This is who I am. And I would like, no, love to see his character in what we do in the shadows get a tricked out Hummer. Oh my God. But it's still beige. That show is incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tricked out in the way that he would trick it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah what- the, the guy who plays EB, we, we've watched, we're like starting to rewatch True Blood. Yep. And he's one of the, he's, he's the sheriff he's of the a, town. Yeah. He's a deputy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's pretty great. And he goes back a ways. Uh, he goes back to uh, Newhart, Newhart days. Oh. Yeah, he was one of the, I can't remember his name, but he had, this is my brother Daryl, and this is my other brother Daryl. He's uh-huh. the, he's that guy. Um, yeah, he's been around for a long time, more or less playing the same character. Um, but he's fantastic. And I when also you got heard, it. I also heard that he lives somewhere in Pennsylvania. So I might try to track him down and uh, not and kill him. Yeah, <laughs> kill him. Yeah, kill him. Yeah, and take his life. Paw. Yeah, uh, try. I mean, get him. Getting him on Zoom, he can be anywhere. Um, sure, it'd be it'd be cool to talk to somebody from the. Uh, from I the feel team. like we could get some like one of these. We could just we could probably get Dan right. I feel like Dan's achievable on a Zoom call. What's he doing? Uh, you know who is available? I was just telling Sheila about this. Um, and I want to get him to record an intro for this podcast 
because he's on Cameo now. Ellsworth. <sighs> Ellsworth! Yeah, Ellsworth. Uh, Jim Beaver is on Cameo. And Sheila, I told you this. Can you guess how much he costs right now? Oh, is it is it is it like not expensive? I, I want to hear a guess. Fifty dollars. Katie, um, I'm going to say 125. 15.99. What? Oh, Ellsworth. I'm going to say this. I'm not a celebrity. I would charge more than that. For, like, I would yeah. charge more for, for, for five minutes of my time over Cameo. For under $16, you can get a personalized message from Whitney Ellsworth slash Bobby Singer slash the gun salesman from Breaking Bad slash Better Call Saul uh, sent to you. Um, or in our case, get a uh, an intro for this podcast, which is what I fully yeah. intend to do. Um, but but the thing I'm is, have them just do my daily affirmations and like mm-hmm. say them for myself every morning. Yeah, it's cheap enough. Feel it's me, Ellsworth. <laughs> but he had, have a good day. He completely undersold his value because right now he's temporarily unavailable because he got so far behind. So I'm I'm thinking the next time he is available, it's going to be higher than under twenty. Yeah. Let's hope so. If you don't value your time, you can't expect anyone else to. Right. I've said, you know, he, he should say that to you, Sheila, every morning. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Record it and send it to himself. Uh, say that and say that I'm enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving along with the Deadwood podcast uh, that we are here to discuss. Uh, and that's completely my fault. <laughs> this has been Cameo uh, Corner, a sub podcast <laughs> of the Deadwood podcast. Oh, man. That's its, that's its own podcast. Yeah. All right. So... Yeah, EB is is going through that. Uh, Seth and Anna talking about the claim uh, says that he can forget about it. Forget about it. Um, she's letting him off the hook, and he's like, no, I want to see this through. I am into you, and I feel like if I wasn't around you for this reason, I wouldn't, I'd have to come up with other reasons. Um, of course, he's not saying those words, but that's what's essentially happening here. Um, yeah, in this conversation, she also like overshared about what um, Swergen was trying to do and mm-hmm. like to you know keep her docile. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like which was just like met with Bullock just giving her like a dead eye stare. Um, so Ama does Ama really needs to work on like how to talk to people. Yeah, yeah she went from like. What seemed like really capable and like smarter than Brom, but on the level of like smarter than people in the town, her like her number is like dropping for me. Yeah. yeah. It that makes way. me wonder. I'm sorry, go ahead, Katie. No, I was just like that, like we're she's not as smart as I thought she was. And mm. that's gonna obviously gonna play a part. Yeah. Uh I was gonna say it makes me wonder exactly how long she's been doping up uh, because it's as if she is relearning things yeah, uh, be a person yeah um because when she was doped up there were of course going to be some reactions that will some senses that are more dulled some that are more heightened uh and it seems like there's just an imbalance right now that she has to get a handle on right um and right now she's choosing all the wrong impulses um, so yeah, she definitely overshares just a little bit. And, um, 
uh, Seth wants to get somebody to look over the claim, somebody that they, somebody that they trust. Um, so that's what I want to do. So you either need to fire me. Otherwise I'm staying on. And he says, he looks at her and says, uh, you are changed. And she replies, you seem to be too. Um, both of them have been through some things, uh, Mm -hmm. since they last saw each other. Yeah. And they're just recognizing that in each other, I guess. Uh, Saul and Trixie at the hardware store. (laughs) (laughs) Getting acquainted. Yeah. Uh, getting acquainted with each other. And he wants her to get acquainted with, um, uh, those sales receipts. Um, get a, get a handle on the accounts. Um, and speaking of getting, getting acquainted, he says something along the lines of, um, this is a, uh, a getting acquainted with those we wish to get acquainted with sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, hundred percent off. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was the smoothest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like there's a guy at CVS who's real into you and you walk into CVS. And you're really into him. And he's like, what's up? Anything in this CVS, 100% off sale right now. And you're yeah. like, cool, Ben and Jerry's, let's go. Yeah. Uh, I I get so many nail polish and mascaras. It would, yeah. I'd be set for life. I used to get Totino's and deodorant. You don't need the extra care bucks because I extra care. Hey, my name's Buck, and I'm your extra care. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so she is kind of left behind to uh, work. She's doing some work for them. She's going to help with the uh, help with the accounts. Uh, Charlie pops in to uh, sell some stuff that he picked up for them, some uh, skimmers and shit yeah, like that. Some sifting boards and yeah. some pickaxes and yeah. an old boot. Yeah, and Saul comments, uh, or Charlie says, uh, Saul, I, I seem to have misplaced my receipts. Uh, and he says, well, maybe you misplaced them when you was busy saving my partner's life. And Charlie just kind of rubbed, you know, shoes oh, back. Yeah. Oh, oh, shucks. oh, shucks. Yeah, he, he goes out and he's getting the uh, sifters. Um, and he's like, maybe you didn't hear me in there. Or <laughs> when I said, you know, I, I was thinking, <laughs> hey. oh, I heard you. <laughs> I know it made you uncomfortable, but I'd like to do it again. <laughs> yeah, this time in a more intimate setting. Yeah. Uh, he just he puts his hand on his cheek. I've grown very fond of you, Charlie. <laughs> oh, be, oh, heck. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, what I wrote for Charlie this episode was like, great number two, can't take a compliment. Mm-hmm. Literally cannot. Yeah. Yeah, which is very relatable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we have... In a series, in a in in a particular episode where Farnham showcases his weaseltude, in this particular instance, holy shit, does he manage to outdo himself? Uh, where he shows up and is commenting on Trixie. First of all, he's he stands out there not saying anything, and Saul's in the doorway, kind of blocking him from coming any closer to anybody or anything. Uh, and he's like, can I help you? Like, what the fuck do you want, dude? Um, oh, I bring a, a message from her longer term employer. Um, and God, he, 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 he comments on you like, you know who she is, right? You know what she does? 
You let yeah. him in daylight hours? <laughs> yeah. What is the line he says? God, he has a line there that was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and Which it was one? sharper than he normally is. But I forget what the line is. Farnham? Yeah. Uh, well, he, he, uh, Sheila said he comments something along the lines of, uh, you know, who she is right. What she does. And you allow her to work, uh, during public hours. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, and then he also just kind of comes a little bit closer, yells his message out wants to see you. Uh, I have a preference for delivering my messages in person. Yeah. Now get the fuck out of here. You fucking yeah, slimy, God. greasy weasel. He's the kid in high school that had a wheelie backpack. <laughs> One like, of those uh, uh, one locker those backpacks. With, yeah, one of those kids that had an air an airplane uh, and just like comes around. And, Did you know that the French fries are made in soybean oil? So you should make sure you're not allergic. And then you're like, you know, the pre- the class president says they're going to get vending machines, but they don't have any real power to do that. You're like, I wasn't talking to you. What are you doing? Wheel away. <laughs> yeah. Hey. With your carry on bag. Yeah, but that carry-on bag does not have books. And, like, carry-on bag is full of, like, the most random assortment yeah. of objects. Sure, just, like, a <laughs> bunch of Rice Krispie treats and Ayn Rand book yeah. that they won't stop telling anyone about. <laughs> I'm reading The Fountainhead. It's got some rope. You've probably never heard of it. Yeah, um, yeah he definitely is the emotional vampire. Mm-hmm. God damn. All right, uh, so we go to the Bella Union. Flora says that she's talking to, I think it was Joni, saying that she knows her dad isn't around here, but Miles isn't going to want to hear that. So she's kind of playing along with things a little bit, just visiting places. Um, and Joni says something like, I, um, I want to see, I think this is the scene where Joni is like, you're, oh, no, I'd like you, that that's a little later. Yeah, okay. yeah. This is the scene where she like oh, she talking about very a boyfriend. abruptly is like, "I'm not a virgin," you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's the girl at your slumber party who has gotten her period like a couple months before everybody else, and it's just become her identity. Where she's like, "Well, I use tampons," and you're like, "Cool, I'm talking about horses right now." Like this, this is you know, horses can't use tampons because they'd be ineffective. <laughs> and this girl also has a roller bag. Yeah, yeah. same kid, full of Rice Krispie treats, full of Rice Krispie treats. Yeah. So yeah, she talks about her boyfriend in Buffalo. Uh, mm-hmm. who was rough uh, and don't tell Miles about it because next thing I know, he's going to be hopping on a horse to go kill that boyfriend. Yeah, and this is where I kind of felt like there's something behind this. Like, she flipped the script pretty quick from, you know, I'm not interested in, you know, sex work to cool, let's go. You know, and and also, it just seems very calculated. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> like, this is part of a plan that's coming to fruition. Yeah, very yeah. quickly reading the gym and the personalities there uh, and deciding, like, nope, this isn't the place for me to do the thing that I want to do. Uh, goes there and gravitates toward Joni mm-hmm. um, and apparently sees that there's something that she can get out of uh, get out of Joni. She's a little nice yeah. and trusting. Seems easy. Um, yeah, Andy, uh, arrives. Andy, fresh, yes. 
from the pest tent uh, arrives back at the Bella Union uh, to collect his belongings, uh, which was very optimistic, got to say, Andy. Um, and Sai says he got rid of them to, uh, you know, s- slow the spread. Flatten the yeah. curve. Yeah. Yeah. Did he have? He was probably carrying money, right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't know if he was. He was carrying like, money. I feel like he was carrying something valuable, like. Oh, you mean uh, when he arrived the first? When time. he arrived, yeah. Oh, I don't sure. think he was just like in the in the past tent, <laughs> just being like, "Look at all my money." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was just like I. There's a reason why he wanted to come back. There was something that he wanted to collect. Yeah, I like, more than just clothes. Yeah, because uh, if we are correct uh, in our previous discussions about it, he was a kind of um, not a coworker. Uh, he w- he was part of whatever scam that they run at the casino, a uh, high roller that kind of helped bring in other people and help others lose. Um, yeah. So he probably arrived with a yeah probably a good deal of money, um, and other things of of value. Um, yeah, he seemed pretty well off when he arrived and took a little bit of a fall on his return. Um, so Sai offers him some shut up, get the fuck out money, uh, and he yeah. is throwing some some shade back, um, well deserved. Yeah. Uh, in Sai's direction. And Sai, again, man, every look that he gives scares gross. me. He's gross. <laughs> He's so gross. Um, just the way that he tilts his head. Yeah, he's, he's such a good villain just in the single looks that he gives. Um, yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know. Gives him an attitude and here, just take the money buy yourself a nice suit, get out of those rags. And Andy just keeps coming at him talking about what a shit he was for what he did. All right, fine. Don't use it for clothes. Use, use the money for a whore and a toot (laughs) and uh, join the fucking circus for all I care. Just get the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah. And then Jody just like floats in and she's like, Andy, you're back. Like in this very like Disney princess way of like (laughs) the prince is woken up and she's like, you're back. And it's like, yeah. why is, I'm just so confused as to why Joni is like so enamored with Andy. Like, yeah, I think that's some history. I'm sure that it's explained at some point, like even if it's just a sentence, but like right now it does not make sense to me why Joni is just like, like a- anything think, for Andy. I think minus the smallpox scars. And if you clean himself up a little bit, he's pretty affluent. He's probably a handsome guy. Mm-hmm. Now he's just all probably. pockmarked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also because, like, when, for one, Joni was upset when Cy got, like, Andy taken away. Yeah. But also, like, Joni knows Cy. And he, like, when Andy was taken, he was instructed to be killed. So, like, I think it's also just her being, like, happy to see that he's not. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's not privy to that information. You're right. Yeah, good point. Um, Sai asks Joni about the uh, the kids, uh, yeah. what's going on there, and she says that the brother is going to be a problem. And Sai is like, "Ah, fuck the brother. We'll just kill the brother. What are you talking about? The brother's going to be a problem. Uh, just get her in line." Uh, and he's he's a creepy line. That's an interesting piece of strange. Like, get the fuck out of here! Oh God! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, what a 
disgusting way to describe a vagina. Yeah, I just like it, this is a show that like it's for the most part it feels like it's pretty period accurate and it makes you realize how many words have existed or terms have existed for like longer than you realize. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've heard that term of like like referring to like having like sex with someone is like getting strange, like getting yeah, some yeah. strange, getting some strange, and it's There's like some reason it's very 1970s in my brain. Yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. But it's like, oh, this has been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's, like, it's possible. Uh, I don't know for sure because <laughs> there could be some anachronisms, right? Yeah, like uh, who knows? Like cocksucker. Uh, the use of cocksucker, from what I understand, was not as uh, prevalent as it is within this show. Uh, yeah, but or Dan keeps talking about how his iPod's broken. It's, <laughs> it's really yeah. weird. But they like, took some some liberties. It's a uh, pouch I have that's full of eyes. Yeah, the wheel keeps uh, getting stuck. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, some liberties. That's fine. Um, yes. Yeah, some of the listeners here, an iPod used to be a music player oh uh, that you could put a, 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 an enormous amount on, but it was still finite, unlike uh, streaming services. I did a, a Jackbox games the other night. Sheila, do you remember what the percentage of people that still use classic iPods was? It was something like 20%. It was, yeah, I think like you would guess 13% and it was actually 26%, but that's also... I don't know when it was, it was like Jackbox, Jackbox three. So I don't know when that came out. Yeah. I think they do update the, oh, do the, they? the stats on that. I mean, yeah, I, I think I used a iPod classic until it got stolen out of my car, like two years ago, but it yeah. was like, I could plug it right into my car and from my knob, like, and it was just like, Oh, if I don't have, if I don't want to plug my phone in, yeah. you know, it's just my old music. Yeah. And I also liked it because it had old playlists I made from like college. Mm-hmm. And like, there's some, yeah. I, those are nostalgic orders yeah. of songs. Yeah. And there was something to be said about having one device be very good at the one thing. Exactly. That it, yeah. That it's supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. God, we all sound old now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're back at the gym and. <clears throat> Uh, we're at Al's office, and Trixie arrives, looking good. And he's like, well, ain't you a fucking picture? Mm-hmm. Um, and very quickly accuses Trixie of lying to him uh, and says that, you know, you ain't been watching shit. She's not, yeah. she's not high. You haven't been getting her high. I don't know what you're doing with the fucking dope, but it's not being smoked up or shoved down anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he grabs her. Ugh. Yeah. Another, another like, oh, fuck moment within this show. Um, he, yeah. I mean, this is the, the. Is it okay to say that he grabs her Trump style? Yes. Yeah. I was, I, mean, I was searching for the way to say it without saying what Trump says, but he absolutely does. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like, yeah, oh, she's real pretty when her wounds heal that you gave her. Yeah. Ugh. You know? Um, so yeah, he grabs her. Uh, Trixie let him know that her getting high or not high has nothing to do with her selling or not. It's not going to change anything. She's not selling. She wants to stay, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Do you, 
Now, do you want me over there to see what they're talking about, what decision they make? Or do you want to rip my fucking guts out? And he's like, yeah, mm, fair point. <laughs> Go on, <laughs> you know, get me. Um, but before she leaves, he says, don't kid yourself, Trixie. It's like, just because like you, you got all, you, you got, you escaped this moment. Doesn't yeah. mean that you're going to escape every moment. Yeah. Like, oh man. She's, yeah, she's way too valuable to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think this also is the show. The show's now introduced Psy for a few episodes and how terrible he is. And I think this is also like a little gut check, mm-hmm. like, yeah. hey, all you fans that were yeah. thinking like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe Swearinger's is- yeah. not so bad. Yeah. He's still objectively terrible. Yeah. yeah. He's just a little slightly less terrible. He's a different than, type of terrible. He's a different different side of the same coin. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, so we go to the number 10 saloon. Charlie kind of checking things out. Uh, seeing where uh, Wild Bill got shot, and if you weren't sure why he why he was there, his basically his first line is, "So this is where Wild Bill got shot." <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, that's why you're, you're just kind of checking up on things. And mm-hmm. Tom Nuttall, maybe one of the nicest guys in Deadwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, uh, he he doesn't at least up to this point. Um, trying not to spoil things. Uh, at least up to this point, he hasn't done anything that's contemptible. Uh, that even rises to something where where it stands out uh-huh. um, as as scumbaggery. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's um, just really just doing his job. Like yeah. he's trying to keep people served and give them a space to play games. But like he's not. There's nothing as of right now nefarious as to like why he's doing anything. Yeah, he felt really bad when he had to like scratch out that sign that says it's been this many days since the last <laughs> incident. And yeah. He had to go back to zero mm-hmm. when wild bill got shot. Yeah. He did a, he did a training for all the employees. He's like, uh, now look And if you see, if you have an, if you spot a revenge seeker, yeah, this is what you do. Uh, scenario. <laughs> the protocol. Yeah. Uh, so he takes like, it's just a nice moment. He, he takes off his hat he apologizes. He's like, you know, that day is going, you know, is going to haunt me for the the rest of my life. Um, and Charlie starts asking him some questions, and he details everything to the best of his his memory about what went down. Um, mm-hmm. And then this other guy, who we've seen before, Captain Massey or Macy, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember Captain. Um, I wrote it down because ugh. he goes into this very theatrical telling of this of this account it's um, so ghoulish yeah where um if i may he you know, yeah. if I may, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury if i yeah. may um he he came up behind here the barrel of the gun wasn't but three inches from wild bill's head um and if you said that he died on the spot you know i would you know i would attest that you know whatever um and the bullet that passed through his brain struck me in my wrist, uh, where doctors, doctors said that I may never write again or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this reminded me, this reminded me of like, if you've ever been on a celebrity tour somewhere or any kind of like guided tour in a city, there's always like the tour guide who's like, and here's my little part of all this. It's like, no, you're the tour guide. You have yeah. nothing to do with this. And I used to be a tour guide. So I definitely added these things myself, yeah. but it's like, he, like, 
in 10 years from now, he will be leading the Wild Bill tours in Deadwood and going, yes, oh. given by the very man yeah. who Wild Bill's uh, bullet was yeah. struck by after it passed through his brain. Mm-hmm. And but, and the, the way he was delivering so much, I was like, okay, this this guy wearing a fringe jacket in Deadwood <laughs> has watched a lot of Law & Order. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just like the, you know, it's like, I just don't even know how to describe it. It just is so gross to me. Like that he's like making a person's death about himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I just watched uh, yesterday, I watched Never Surrender, which is the documentary about Galaxy Quest. Uh, And then that made me, of course, immediately want to rewatch Galaxy Quest, which I did. Um, and I'm actually writing down Never Surrender right now. Uh, it's on Prime, and it is such a great documentary, especially if you're a fan of Galaxy Quest. Um, otherwise, why are you watching this? Um, it also serves as a very good send-off in memoriam for the late, great Alan Rickman. Um, and uh, so I'm watching Galaxy Quest, because I just watched that, and uh, Guy... Um, which is played by a younger um, Sam Rockwell. Um, and his part is basically what uh, y'all are describing. That's some, somebody who has a tangential sort of connection to this person. Because uh, Guy in Galaxy Quest was in one episode, and now he's leading all of the conventions, and he's uh, leading the ribbon-cutting ceremonies by Grapthor's Hammer. What a savings. Uh, <laughs> fucking Alan Rickman, so good in that. Uh, what a loss. Anywho, uh, back to the Deadwood podcast after a brief de- detour in um, Galaxy Uncherished, a uh, Galaxy Quest podcast. All right. <laughs> so, where the hell are we? Oh, so he goes over his account of what happened. Aces over eights. That was the hand that Wild Bill had. When he was killed, aces over eights. And then, um, what's his face? I can't remember his name. Uh, at the table is just like, sure. He's um, like, sure. okay, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. Can we Appreciate play it? Yeah. Cause like, how many times do you think, I bet you that that guy hangs out there now. Yeah. Just he waiting for people to come in at that table. So he can tell that story all the time. And like, how many times has that guy heard that story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh he, boy. Uh, definitely does. Uh, back at the Bella Union. Oh, wait. I do want to say, though, what one of the things I loved at the end of that scene, uh, when Charlie was leaving, he, like, very, very pointedly only said thank you to uh, what's-his-face behind the bar and not to stupid Captain Massey. Like, yeah. I was just like, oh, yes, I love Charlie so much. He's just yeah. like, yeah, okay, dude. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was also the moment where when he first arrived back in town um, and Farnham sees him and says, uh, I, I have a room. Rates have gone up, but I do have a room if you're interested. And he's he because he, he's following behind him and Utter is just ignoring him. And then he's just like, I'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He knows how to shut people down. Yeah. He doesn't have any time for anybody that he doesn't want to have time for. Uh, So we go to Belly Union, Joni and Flora once again. um, 
and she's given Joni's talking to floor and saying, you gotta, if you either have to be happy or pretend to be happy because you never know who might be a customer is the, uh, the gist of that. And you also see a little bit of a turn. She says, you know, I prefer you happy too. All right. All right. Uh-huh. All right. Okay, Flora. Are you happy too? Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wink. Yeah. I I also like. Aside from that, Kristen Bell's hair looks like a wig. <laughs> like everything looks like really authentic and natural, but her hair just looks like. I think that's also why she's standing out so much to me. Is that like she looks like she's in a costume. Mm-hmm. She looks like she's wearing a wig. Like nothing about her feels like it fits, which also might make sense for the character that it's good that she looks like she doesn't fit in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does. She uh, That's a good point. She does look like she stands out even amongst these, these people. Um, yeah. Like from without, from outside the world, <clears throat> she, she stands out in not necessarily a great way. I, I get over pretty quick. Um, but I could see that for sure. Uh, so we go to the pest tent. Uh, Jane Doc seeing over a dead patient. Uh, another nice moment because you see Jane crying. Single uh, tear. A, a single tear mm-hmm. falls down um, because she lost somebody. She's been, she's, she brought Andy back. She's dealing with people. Um, fuckers who heal under my care stay healed. Yeah. Um, and she lost this person. Um, Joey. Yeah. Um, oh, is that who that was? I think, Joey from- I think it was Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, checks out. Uh, so, yeah, this kid dies, uh, and the doc says something like, tell them not to make a big scene when they carry this one out. Um, and the preacher comes by, gives news of Seth and Charlie being back in town, that they um, uh, caught the coward Jack McCall, brought him to justice. Um, and I hope they fucking, you know, I hope that's just the start of what they fucking did to that motherfucker. Um, and he's like, no, they took him to Yankton, and that's, and she's like, fuck. Son of a bitch. Give me authorities. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll eat my hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he starts saying something like, uh, oh, and he got in a fight with a with an Indian and he got marked just like uh the first son of Adam and Eve. And she's like, Are you fucking drunk? And he's like, No. <laughs> and starts seizing yeah. him on the spot. Yeah. Um and she's like, What the fuck is that? Which is like what is going on here? Uh, and then Doc Cochran hugs him to hugs him to health. <laughs> is it is this a trend that he goes into these like hyper specific, hyper religious like tangents right before he starts having a seizure? Like, because he's pretty consistently like priest religious, yeah, as priests are. Yeah. And then he like goes into these like kind of specific where is this coming from stuff i think mm-hmm. right around when he's having seizures um yeah if he's got a uh, a tumor or something it's pressing up against the uh the god button uh yeah so, you know just maybe making him uh extra religious or he senses he is close to death and just wants to take every opportunity to be like uh we're good right yeah it might be <laughs> we're good we're good right um yeah. Yeah. When the two of them were talking, there was like a really an exchange that I really enjoyed. Um, the doc and the reverend, like when they're having their religious exchange, 
where the doc said, God damn offense intended. And then the friend was like, none taken. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it's also a good conversation because you're seeing the, the reverend talk about his ailment as a sign that maybe God wants him around here doing this thing uh, Mm -hmm. in that moment. And the doc saying like, okay, or, or hear me out. That happening to you right now is a sign that God wants you to go to fuck the bed, to get (laughs) out of here, to get out of here and get some goddamn rest. It's like, okay. Yeah. He takes it pretty well. Yeah. Because he also tells him like, maybe, maybe you have an embolism and that's, or, or you have a lesion in your brain that's causing all this, you know, uh, divine uh, conversations and seizures. And he's like, oh, maybe. I would have expected him to be a little more, react to that a little more, like not violently, but, um, you know, I feel like he would have, he would not like to hear that these real conversations he's having with God might just be a, uh, a byproduct of an affliction. Oh man, we can do an entire podcast just on that kind of uh, thinking. Uh-huh. Yeah, religion and and science, uh, and how people who are uber religious seemingly can get over so quickly anything scientific. Yeah, yeah. Um, even though everything in religion can be explained away by that's how God wants it. Right. It's, it's such a, I don't know. We're, we're not going to get into it. <laughs> um, it's just, it's too funky. Maybe we'll do a study hall on, on that at some point. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, Flora is headed to the gym. Uh, well, she's, yeah, she's, she's dealing with this one, one guy who, again, he's, he's quite taken with her. And uh, is wants to know when he can come see her again because I don't think they did anything this time. They just kind of he paid and they kept he she kept him company. I think is what they had said. Yeah, uh, was it like an Ellsworth situation where he was like kind of paying Joni just to like spend time with him, something like that, <laughs> and yeah. nothing sexual happened. Yeah, um, and he of course wants more than just conversation. Um, when can because she keeps using this term that in all of the terms that they use for uh, euphemisms for, for sex and whatnot, this one bothers me more than some others and stick it in me. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> she keeps saying that. And uh, every time she says it, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, she's, well, here's another dollar. Yeah. Um, but, and, well, if you want to stick it in me tomorrow, you're going to have to do this or the other thing. Like, ugh. Ugh. all right. All right. Um, so goes to the, uh, goes to the gym. Um, Dan is super happy, super happy to see her, uh, clears a table for, her. um, I think that's where he says something, uh, Rob, I think you brought it up earlier. Um, do your drinking at the bar. Don't do drinking at all. Get the fuck yeah, out yeah, of here. Yeah. Um, gets her a table. You want a cider? A soft cider, I think he says, or a, or a sarsaparilla. I'll take a soft cider. And God, it's it's like be our guest if Lumiere had a huge crush on Bell. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like he does the whole dinner thing as like a guise to like, and then you'll want to have sex with me, correct? Please, yeah. thank you. Okay, yes. Yeah. You're obligated for <laughs> sex. Obligated for sex. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. Um, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, beat for beat. 
And then you have that other guy pipe up once again to find her dad. To find her dad. Shut the <laughs> fuck up about her dad. God damn it. Um, you're gonna, or you're gonna find the door. Son of a bitch. Um, yeah. And then he dies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty quickly. Not just yet. Uh, we oh, go okay. to the, the hardware store. Uh, Seth and Saul there. Saul is praising Al's handling of the plague, saying that he's gonna, you know, he's been dealing with things pretty well. Uh, and then offers himself a reason for why he might be doing that, assuming it's because the dead can't be customers. Um, which is pretty accurate. Mm. Uh, yes. Seth telling the story of the uh, Native American that he got into a fight with, um, gritting through the entire thing, uh, clenching, jaw clenched throughout. And um, yeah. And he says that 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 Indian saved Jack McCall's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he saw them. That was a moment where he's like, he didn't consider him a savage or anything like they've all, or, or, or a heathen, like they've all been discussed. They, they pretty much refer to him as one of those two things in this mm -hmm. show. Yeah. Um, and he, this was like, he, he saw like he was just trying to do exactly what I was trying to do. Avenge a friend. Yeah. And in that moment we were equals and yeah. very progressive from, uh, sure. <laughs> as, as progressive as thought in Deadwood gets. Yeah. He says that, um, he had to kill me. He had to kill me because I trespassed on the burial ground. Mm -hmm. uh, he had to kill me because he assumed that I uh, killed his buddy and mm -hmm. mutilated the body so that he wouldn't be able to uh, ascend or see the sunrise. See the sunrise, yeah. Um, so he he was just doing what he had what he thought he had to do. He mm -hmm. just kind of had the wrong guy. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. All right. Okay, Seth. Um, and, uh, he wants Al's recommendation on who should, uh, reconnoiter the claim. Yeah. So he wants a second opinion on this, on this claim is, is the gist here. Um, and he wants to get Al's opinion so that Al is responsible. If that person is lying, he can come for him, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a moment. Um, and uh, he says that to Saul, and Saul also has a line as he's leaving, like, "Okay, cool. Uh, why don't you also get a uh, his recommendation on who should uh, supervise the hen house that we're going to build?" Um, which, of course, is just him saying, "Like, why the fuck are you going to him to do that? That is stupid." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, like, hey, dude, we opened this business together. You've been pretty absent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Emotionally, physically. Mentally. Yeah. Um, he comments on that he's even leaving some work to be done. I'm leaving some of the master strokes for Seth, which is also probably just like, I want him to do something. Yeah. Yeah. The, the group project at school and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. he came up with a title uh, for the presentation. So, yeah. you know, it's pretty 50-50 over here. <laughs> yeah. It's like that. He's on a date right now, but like, you know, I'll stay home and finish the essay. Uh, it's like that meme where, uh, on a scale of Bran to Aria, how much do you contribute to group projects? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, right now, at least as far as that project is concerned, he's a Bran. Uh-huh. He's a Bran. Um, yeah, so we go to the gym, Flora and Miles talking, 
and uh, it, they make it quite clear they're scammers. They're grifters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they move around and they pull this uh, this deal and then they kind of do their separate, pull their separate jobs. Um, and I think the gist here, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is they usually do one thing. But here, uh, Flora is getting a little greedy with stuff and sees opportunities to make this a bigger score for them. And I'm going to work Joni at the Bella Union. You work the um, the gym angle of things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Feels like they're both going to die. <laughs> yeah. This doesn't. This doesn't bode well. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing tends to slip by Al. Yeah. At or all. Sai. I mean, or Sai for sure. Yeah. It's like the two people you would have screw over. Like the two people who will fucking kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also like they're not being subtle about anything. They're like kind of like like tramp tromping into town, being like, "Where's our dad?" Like mm-hmm. everyone knows who they are now. So it's like. Like there's no there's no way they can do this quietly. No. I'm uh, curious if this is going to set up some um some conflict with Dan and Al. Um, oh yeah, because Dan's got a big old crush on her. Yeah, we see we see some of some uh seeds of that for sure yeah. within this uh within this episode. Um well first Seth arrives <coughs> and goes up to Al, can we have a private talk? Al's like, sure. Should I be armed? Uh, which is just fun in itself. He's so good. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he's so likable as an evil person. Yeah, he's a great yeah. villain. Yeah. Whereas, whereas uh, Sai is hateable yes. as a villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're both good villains. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I can't see what Al's eating. But it kind of canned peaches. But I was gonna say, but it kind of looks like canned peaches. Mike, I've seen your TV. You you could read the brand. <laughs> uh, I have. I've. I don't know that I've watched my television in my living room in months. What? Uh, I'm up. I have a TV in my bedroom. Oh, uh, so fancy McGee. You uh, don't do it just to feel like you're in another city. A person. I feel, yeah, I feel like I would be like, oh, I'm in an Airbnb now. Um, yeah, I'm on vacation. Uh, no, I have a TV up here and I just like said something. I didn't say something. I tweeted something. That's, that's talking, right? Um, and, uh, I've been downstairs so little. I feel like I should put drop cloths on the the furniture. Like it's an old house. (laughs) It's yeah, I should. should. Then you could really murder that actor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just bring him back and chop him up. Um, yeah, so they uh, are going somewhere talking. He's eating some canned peaches. And Dan, we see Dan looking over Flora and does not like the way that that one guy is looking at her. That old creepy Jeff. Yeah, and he, yeah, talking about not being subtle about things, he's not being subtle he, like, about the way he's looking at her. At that point, he might as well just ha- have had his dick out. Like, mm-hmm. like, there was no subtlety to how he was looking at her. It's like, no, we get it. Which, if you're able to do that anywhere within this town, I feel like if you were to do that there, no one's really going to look twice, except for Mr. Dan Doherty. Yeah. Yeah, because he would have been dead on the spot and uh, had his knob chopped off. All right. Uh, So they go and have a discussion, and he says that he he wants somebody to 
basically what we already said. He wants somebody to look over the reconnoiter of the claim, and he wants him to approve that person because if that person turns out to be lying, then he's definitely coming for Al. And yeah. I was like, he okay. Wants, he wants to make sure that Al's accountable. Yeah. And Al says, you're going to come for me? Okay, well, what if I come for you first? Um, and he says something like, if you're going to come for me, you better close down your fucking business. Yeah. Uh, and, and, hire some, and hire somebody <laughs> to stay by your bedside all night because that's what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Damn. Al ain't fucking around. Mm-mm. Uh, and seeing these two, like that, such a tension filled moment. Um, great. Again, I will go to the mat defending Seth Bullock, uh, Timothy Oliphant. Um, but I think that, I think those two had a good scene. I think they had a good scene <laughs> together. It was good times. Uh, he also comments on, uh, the wound cause he's got a, uh, Harry Potter like, uh, scar yeah. on his forehead now. Um, he's the uh, the boy who lived in this one, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he basically says something like, "Oh, I hope the other guy had got it worse." Um, yeah, and then we hear, "Ow, ow!" <laughs> yeah, uh, and he runs and uh, stands up, looks over the balcony. Seth is just standing in there. He's like, could you fucking go, your holiness? Yeah. Your in majesty. So I can close my fucking office and deal with whatever the fuck is happening downstairs. Um, so yeah, he goes down and sees that Al has this creeper. or I'm sorry, uh, Dan has this creeper. The creeper has the creeper. The mm-hmm. creepier of the two creepers up against a post uh, and is like, oh, you looking at her? I told you I want you not to look at her. And Al is like, put him down. Put him the fuck down. So he does so. Pulls the knife out. Falls down dead. Well, maybe I should have told him to keep him up. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a, what, a, what a Johnny Carson line. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I should have told, told him to him keep up. him up. Yeah. So I, uh, I take it this was a fair fucking fight, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. So. Uh, two drinks for all and drinks all night for those that hope with a fucking disposal. Did you hear one of the guys, uh, when he says drinks all night for the people who help with this disposal, there's one guy in the back who goes, oh, that's me. And like, <laughs> like walks over and like, yeah. picks him up. It's very, it's very quiet, but because there's, we had subtitles on, you can yeah. read it. It's like, oh, there's, that's me. <laughs> that's for me. <laughs> I've been hating all night. Love it. Love it. Or maybe then, that's just the actor being like, "Oh shit, that's my cue." Oh, oh, my oh fuck! Uh, I was craft in. services. Let's leave it in. All right. So there's that, and then we have that moment between Dan and Al, uh, and Dan's holding up his knife, looking at Al. I warned him. I fucking warned him. <laughs> He's looking all crazy. Oh god, yeah. damn. Yeah, looking at oh, her. Oh Dan. And then he walks off, and we have another classic, comes up several times, fucking pussy <laughs> from Al. Uh, and we're starting to wrap up here in one of my favorite scenes of this series. Uh, we go to the, the grave of Wild Bill Hickok, where Jane is doing her uh, daily updates oh, yeah. for, for Al, or uh, for Al, not for Al, for Bill. 
uh, and talking about this or that happening of the town, Charlie arrives. Uh, they talk a little bit about Wild Bill. Uh, and there is just, Charlie just drips with regret. Mm-hmm. He drips with yeah. regret of not being around for, for this. Because if he was around, he knows that if he was around, this probably would not have happened. Yeah. So he, yeah. he was just dripping all over him. Um, so they talk about Wild Bill. Um, why did he let that SOP get to him? Um, and Jane is just like, I come here not to tell him the fucking news. So you go ahead. You got one of the fucking biggest mouths. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charlie. This was like, after he snuck up on her and she was like, don't go sneaking up on somebody in a graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charlie starts talking about, oh, she says, Charlie Avenger fucking murder. Um, and uh, says that he took him to Yankton for justice and they'd start arguing about that. Is this something we really need to get into? Right here in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Charlie starts updating him a little bit. Um, tells him the story of avenging murder and just very quickly is just overcome with uh, that that emotion, that regret, that realization looking at this grave, this is all real, just takes over uh, and he can't finish. Um, and that moment where Jane, who doesn't shut the fuck up, Mm-hmm. Is quiet during this. Yeah, it's such a small thing takes her hand, puts it on his shoulder, uh, and it's just such a touching moment for two of the gruffest individuals at this camp. Um, yeah, it's very nice. And uh, he says, "Well, you mind if I finish up the uh, the story uh, updates tomorrow?" And she's like, "What the fuck do I care?" <laughs> yeah, I'll make the rules. Yeah. So they such a sweet moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Just quick breaking of that tension of that that somber moment uh, in a really fun way. Yeah. Uh, and then we go to the hotel. Trixie and Alma. Alma commenting on her own uh, oversharing to to Bullock. Uh, tells Trixie that Al knew she was faking, or Trixie tells uh, Alma that she knew, Al knew that she was faking because mm-hmm. she saw her walk out of the hotel, because she saw you walk out of the fucking hotel, you fucking idiot. Um, not in those words. Uh, and Alma asks, uh, do you want to take the girl and go? Do you want to take the Swedish girl and just get out of here? Um, you could go to New York. Um and Trixie asks why she would want to, uh, why Alma would want to stay here. It doesn't make any sense. If you want to fuck Bullock, just fucking do it. Do it and then get out of here. Um, but you're putting everybody, everybody's risking their lives right now for, for you to get out of here and you're not getting out of here. So what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on, Alma. What's your deal? Yeah. And it's also the thing of like, it's got to be so frustrating for Trixie to hear Alma be like, well, I could get you out of here. And she's like, no, but you can't. Yeah. Like, I I don't have the the mobility, that the luxury of mobility that you do. Like, mm-hmm. if she tried to run, I'm sure that Al would probably hunt her down for spite. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she'd make she it out try. of... I don't know if she'd make it out of South Dakota. Yeah. Like, she doesn't get that luxury that Alma does. 
And Alma doesn't really seem to care that, like, that's the case. Mm-hmm. Well, she, yeah, she definitely just doesn't get it. Because she's like, oh, well, you know, I'll send you to New York, right? That fixes everything. It's like, no. no. Yeah. You have, you yeah. really don't get what my life is. Yeah. And she gets to New York. What am I going to, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. And you mm-hmm. want me to just k- take this kid with me? What the fuck? You could be on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. It's also, it's also so easy for her to say, like, my family will set you up. And it's like, would her family, like help this woman from east nowhere to like like oh my daughter-in-law said that you need to take care of me like she has no legal grounds to that like it's all just hearsay especially with her background that would probably quickly be discovered or Trixie would be unashamed of and just say so yeah that that wouldn't necessarily end well Mm -mm. for anybody Uh, and Trixie knows that uh, so she kind of gives Ama uh, a lot of what Ama needs to hear. Um, she also says that uh, this girl is starting to say her, she's about to say her name. Uh, she named her family members. She named her sisters. She named her parents. Uh, she's going to say her name. If you took her away from here, you could hear her say, you might hear her say it. Um, so also saying that, she may not live to be around to hear her say those words if she stays here because she also knows Al. She knows what they're trying to do. She knows about the claim. Yeah. 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 A lot in that line. Ugh. Yeah, it was a heavy ending and, and one of those like, um, oh, it's over kind yeah. of moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we get uh, Lyle Lovett's old friend playing us out. Love Lyle Lovett. Great. <laughs> Yeah. Former husband of Julia Roberts. Yeah. Friend of this podcast, am I right? Yeah, Julia Roberts. Of the podcast, <laughs> Lyle of it, and Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so any final thoughts on the episode? We'll do winners and losers and then get out of here. Great pacing. Just really yeah. well-paced, exciting episode. Yeah. Yeah, stuff's really, stuff was interesting before, but now it's really starting to get interesting. So I'm yeah. excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Yep. There's just so much good stuff that's just about to happen. Cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to hear a loser, one loser from the episode for each person. Mm. What do you you got? Well, I'll say, um, the, he was credited as loudmouth drunk in the gem saloon. Uh, I think, yeah. Well, Loser for this episode, not only does he suck, but uh, also he really lost big. Yeah. He's dead. Yeah. Just all you have to do is not stare so fucking creepy, dude. Yeah. 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 Katie. Uh, oh, God. Um, I think my loser for this week is Trixie. Mm. I think that she's doing a lot of like physical and emotional labor for people who don't give a shit about her. And while right now she's not in harm's way, people are potentially putting in her her in harm's way because of their negligence. Yeah. Rob? I think Al Swearingen uh, is not going to have the easy way uh, into that gold claim than he thought. And, you know, uh, for and for a guy who thinks, t- it feels like things tend to come easy for, this isn't going to be as easy. 
Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going Farnham, mm. who can't win. Uh, yeah, nor nor should he. Uh, but he he can't win. He can't win with Al. He can't win with Garrett. Uh, he couldn't get the room for for Utter. Uh, so he is probably this episode and many to come the loser. Uh, winners, Sheila. I'm gonna say the Utter and Jane friendship. Because they, like, when Bill was around, they couldn't stand each other. And I think, like, that moment at the uh, gravesite was just, like, a way to be, like, uh, they, they they do have a connection. And, like, to stay feeling close to Bill, they only have each other. So yeah. there's a reason for them to stay in each other's lives. Sure. Rob? Um, real quick, I just had this thought that something just came to me. I think the reason that uh, that the room is more expensive and available is because oh, while Bill died, and it would be more expensive because now he's going to be like, this was Wild Bill's room, mm-hmm. and there's an opening because he died. So, like, that line hit even more if that's the case. Anyway, winner. Yeah, very well. Um, I think a winner for this episode is maybe – Maybe Seth, who kind of came into his own this episode and found more reason for what he's doing and direction, um, if not a little more uh, audience uh, appeal. Yeah. Katie? Um, I, I would say that my actual winner is Jane because she thrives when she feels useful. And she's in a situation how it's very grim, but she is able to feel useful and Doc Cochran isn't making her feel like an idiot or a sidekick. And my joke winner of this week is Dan. (laughs) That pretty girl's in town. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This episode had several, several winners. Uh, My, my main winner is Andy, uh, who is, who is healthy again. And he's not just healthy, but he showed up at the place that left him for dead uh, to show off that he is alive, in fact, uh, and you ain't done with me, sons of bitches. Mm -hmm. Um, It may end up not being the best of ideas, but he is, he's alive. He got his health back. Um, And uh, the uh, titty liquor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Kudos to the titty liquor. Also a winner. Uh, yes. Also, losers for the week, all of those titties. <laughs> yeah, they probably smell gross now. Yeah, at least six titties. Because that, <laughs> that guy's got tartar problems for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, anybody have anything that they want to shout out or plug? Rob, you mentioned that uh, New Orleans. Station. Oh, yeah. WWE. WWOZ uh, is just an incredible radio station. They have an app, WWOZ.org. Um, it's just the best radio station in the country playing jazz and heritage music out of New Orleans. Um, we are monthly donors, uh, Guardians of the Groove. Mm-hmm. And it's even if you don't give them a dime, if you give them a listen, you'll be hooked for life. It's just there's no other radio station like it on the planet. Cool. Anybody else? Um, I'm jumping off of that instead of and- – to, if anybody would like to donate money to something, a good cause, uh, 
try consider donating to feed the second line. It's um, started by the crew of red beans, which is a, a group down in new Orleans. And it's all about financially supporting and feeding musicians who are really struggling right now because their life, their livelihood is based on gigs and tips sure. and that's not happening right now. Yeah. Uh, this is Mike. Uh, you can follow me on all the things at Mike Marbeck. Go to watercooler.com, which I am in the process of renovating, rebuilding. And uh, you can check out Study Hall, comedy inspired by lectures, um, which these fine folks uh, may be appearing on soon. We have a show coming up on Wednesday, May 6th at 8 p.m. Uh, and it's ethics focused. Uh, we will have lectures from Cornell uh, University of Pennsylvania and Drexel University, uh, lecturing, uh, doing three different lectures on uh, ethics. And then there is comedy inspired by each of those lectures in between. It's a super fun show. It's online. It's only five bucks. And you can watch it from anywhere. Uh, that is it for me. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you all for listening. Stay healthy, wash your hands, and have a good week. Bye. 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 Stories to tell Old friend Could you bid me farewell Old friend It might be easy for another man to see Old boy All the pain and the scars Down your arms, oh, 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 it might be easy for another man to see. I put your head down on my pillow and put your hand on.